Carl, everyone listening, this is a, a beautiful man that I met actually three weeks ago now. Yep. And uh, so for anyone who's listening, so I mean, basically tell them what, what it is you do and we'll just jump into a conversation. Wherever it goes, it goes. It goes, okay. <laughs> yeah, so presently I'm uh, the development director for the St. Vincent de Paul Society here in Naples. Um, and we're a charity, a 501c charity that help basically all those in need. Um, and I mean, I think uh, Naples, Collier County, is, has one, there's a perception about maybe our wealth or you know, what's really happening here, but um, there are a lot of people who do suffer. And I think currently, given the um, inflation status, um, we talk about affordable housing here, um, and we talk about a lot of people just being in some sort of financial or um, stress in their life. And we hope as a society that we can come in um, and, and support and help and uh, you know promote the community. Um, obviously, well-being is important for everybody, every member in a community, <clears throat> and it affects everybody. Um, and I think that's a big um, focus for us in general in creating systemic change in people's lives, that there should be a long-term um, goal of you know, people moving on, moving forward. Um, everybody has dreams, everybody has expectations, um, and we just like to you know, make sure we can do our part in helping people on that path. Mm. Yeah, definitely when I moved here in, uh, June, we're staying at the in-laws vacation place in, um, <clears throat> in basically it's just off Bonita beach. So that's, that is like it, how you think of Naples. It's that, you know, like these places look like hotels. Um, so that's when, when you were, when we were chat, um, we weren't chatting, I was listening to your, your speak, uh, you speaking. And it was, um, it was interesting to hear the other side of this area which again you said it we don't think of like you know you think of naples you think of that's a great thing it's everything's well off and i think every society has all types of people for sure um but it's funny once you pointed out people living and struggling it's like that you know that uh, orange car thing right. like you see everyone has orange car i've been seeing now that you've you brought my attention I'm like oh there's yeah there is yeah. someone struggling on the on the side of the street yeah and homelessness is becoming a a problem here as well mm. in um here in this area is it very i mean obviously compared to major cities and stuff it's it's not at the same cap same capacity no. but what do you s tend to see with um the people in this area that are struggling what is the thing that's stopping them from getting back on their feet yeah i think affordable housing is uh, really a top line issue right now. Because um, if you can just do simple comparisons, so before the pandemic, if you can, a family can rent a two bedroom apartment for maybe $1,600 a month, that same apartment today is probably over 3,000. Um, so the, it's staggering, the increases. And then on top of it, again, inflation, um, at, you know, presently at eight and a half percent. Um, and then, you know, and what people say is, oh, but you can go anywhere and you can find a job. I mean, yes, and there is no issue in finding jobs. Yeah. But even um, um, we hear people saying, I'm willing to pay $20, $21 an hour, and I still can't get people to come in the door. Because you sit down and you do the math, and it 
still just doesn't add up. Mm. So it is a very um, interesting dynamic for the community, right? Because um, you, like you see, you have all different layers of folks that intermingle and we need to work together, et cetera. But when a portion of it can't even figure out how to function anymore, it obviously is going to affect everything else. So this great place where it's fun and you've got great entertainment, great restaurants, whatever, well, we don't have people to serve anymore. So you don't get served as well or uh, you're waiting longer. And so things, you know, um, start to change. Um, and I think that's, you know, right now, obviously, you know, we're moving along well. The economy here in Naples, we should be proud of it. It's one of the best in the country. Um, again, there are jobs and, you know, people can work and we, we just need to, you know, um, whether it's the word is educate or inform people better on what they can do to change their situation. I think a lot of times when we get involved with folks, because one of the interesting things or uh, the unique selling points of our um, organization is what we call the home visit. And so we, we go to where the people are and we're in their environment and we're in pairs and we're just trying to assess really what's going on in their lives and, and we work with them to figure out that plan. Again, always looking towards systemic change, trying to get people to a point that they can move on. And it's here where, you know, sometimes it's just simple tweaks in what they're doing and their lifestyle, et cetera, that will enable them to get on a better path or at least figure out, you know, what tomorrow can look like. Um, and financial literacy for folks, it's amazing how you think basic budget or just understanding, you know, you have so much money coming in, you can only have so much money going out. So how do you make those two meet and how, what a challenge that is for folks and how they get themselves caught up. And, and not all the time, it's folks who are necessarily poor or it's middle class, even let's say richer, they just don't understand and they get in trouble. Everybody seems to find at one point in their life or another um, to be in trouble, right? And you just always hope that there's somebody there to help or there's a support system that you can go to that folks can, you know, can, yeah, get back on their feet. Yeah, that's definitely in this area because, um, I mean, currently I'm in like a, a scenario where I do have affordable housing because I'm staying at the in-laws <laughs> vacation home. Very affordable. Yeah. But it, it's true, and you know, the original plan when we first moved here was, all right, we're moving here in June, and we're gonna, within six months, we'll have our own place. That was the plan. I mean, there was a lot of things that went into it, which was, well, I'm starting my own business. I completely forgot that I knew no one, so it's gonna take a bit longer than I thought. <laughs> um, but then also the crazy hike of the pricing of just living, you know, um, real estate markets booming, for sure but you know houses have tripled in price in some areas um even to rent uh it's funny because i look at the rent and for me i'm like oh it's kind of the same as what i was paying back home for some places but to see where it came from gave me more perspective like oh that that's a big jump and they all i remember them saying that when the housing market was booming the once that slowed down the rent was going to do the same trajectory because it hadn't caught up yet and that's what we're going to see with a lot of people struggling was they now can't rent um one thing that i think is a problem with that is the airbnb 
So Airbnb is fantastic if you own a place. But I remember back in Miami, uh, when I visited there two years ago, my friend, we were discussing Miami uh, Miami Beach, like that island, and all the regulations that they put on with Airbnb. You can only do it this amount of times a year and these rules. And he was explaining the reason was that it's because you can, it's becoming like what Venice is in Italy, where Venice is just a, everyone goes there, no one lives there yeah. because it's just become a museum city that's for tourists. And it feels like that's what's happening with Miami a little bit. Like those, like you can't justify driving in to work at a $15 an hour place because right. you got parking, you got travel expenses, exactly. traffic there is terrible. So I wonder if that's happening here as well, because I know that when I speak to people, it's always buy a house and then Airbnb it. So, you know, because that's the best, that's the best financial right, move. Good rate of return. Yeah. And it's tricky because, um, I mean, we don't want the government involved with what we want. But it's like, the problem is, and I don't know what the answer is, we need these regulations to stop the erosion of the bottom, which is what we're doing. Like, we kind of keep eating the top because we're getting fatter from the top. The bottom starts to erode and then we're going to fall through it because if the real estate keeps going up, but no one can work right. here, no one's going to want to come here, the real estate will crash because it's like, well, you know, there's nothing to do here because everything's shut down. Yeah. Again, I, we don't pretend to have the answers. Mm. We just recognize what the problems are and what the need is. But, you know, to that argument, though, look at California. How, how long have people been saying that places in California that can't keep it just can't keep going the way it's going. That is true. <laughs> and it's like decades now, and we're still saying the same thing. It just It's going to collapse any minute, any minute, and it never does. Mm. So who knows? Um, but I do think that... Um, um, just make you, sure you speak right Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> so I do think we... Um, <clears throat> I think what happened with the pandemic and maybe a lot of the money that came into the, the economy and the way that it came in... Um, a lot of the regulations. So you had landlords that were for basically two years, they were um, locked out to do anything to try to recoup um, revenues and whatever. Um, dynamics changed. And so now you have these same landlords. They're in the situation where, yeah, I, I can make a good buck right now. And I haven't been able to for a while. So we're going to do that. And um, so and I, and I say this leading into, because one of the signs we're seeing is that it's families um, that their leases are due, um, and they just are not able to afford the increases that are now being imposed on them to release, right, mm. to, to lease up again. Um, and they're forced basically for the moments in time to not know where to go, what to do. They're homeless. And more and more people are just coming and saying, what, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I can't figure it out. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of dynamics and things going on. Um, so I, I think, you know, as far as the position that we are in a, at the St. Vincent de Paul Society is that I can't pretend that I have any clue to what the answers can be. We can just recognize that the problems are here and then just use the resources and what's available to point out to people in the best way that we can. Mm. So, and I think, you know, one of the uh, positives is that the job market is good. So people can find work. So is this an opportunity for folks that might have been on a uh, lower skill base to take a moment to increase the skills? So whether it's through education or uh, whatever, and, and then look to uh, work up 
right? Is it just taking a second job for now that you just have to, you know, have that mindset that, yeah, it's, I can't do it anymore at one job. I get it. It's not good for the family, whatever. But for the time being, I might have to do it just so I can get myself back into shape. And then, because once you're in shape, I think you're always better able to figure out what the next step's going to be. Mm-hmm. When you're not, it just becomes overwhelming and it just seems impossible. And then you're just stuck in that rut. So it's just trying to, you know, get people to that point that just stabilize, right? And then once we stabilize them, we can have different conversations. So there are opportunities um, within the current environment, I think, that people can take advantage of. But it's just really, again, and I I hope that's what we can do through the society is work with the folks um, so that we can point those out or at least um, figure out how those can be available. Mm. And then again, I mean, we're talking about one specific uh, sector of the folks that we help, but it, 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 you know, the gamut is all over the place, and there are many people, whether it be through mental illness or, um, you know, just uh, disabilities, etc., that they're just stuck in in a position, and there's not much that we can do to elevate. But so then, how do we how do we uh, help those folks in society? What are the things that we have to make available? And that's where other 501Cs, other charities really come into play and and we're all working together to collaborate to just figure out again this overall good health for everyone in society, right? Mm. We should be, you know, we should all care about each other really. Um, And so because if one is not doing well, it's probably going to hurt us and it's not good for us as well. So what there's a great benefit of all just collectively working together. And obviously our society is based on gospel values. So we, you know, we believe in God and we believe that uh, we love people. So we promote it from um, that way. Um, But maybe not everyone is in that mindset, but I I don't think anybody could um, question that if everybody's working and fit and doing well, that that can't be a good, that can never be a bad thing. Right? Yeah. It's got to be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. So how do we do that together? Have you spoke, so you have, do you have like counselors and stuff on your team as well to help with any of that well, sort of yeah, uplifting? Yeah, so um, we're a, a, um, a Catholic-based gospel values society. However, we don't impose any of our uh, belief or our um mindset on anyone so we work with everyone so mm. it does it does not matter um however if you're inclined to want to listen to us and would like to pray together etc we're more than happy um to do that um so our society is made up of all volunteers it's oh, well I, not all but the majority of it 95 percent of the work that we do is done by volunteers and they come from the various catholic churches here in naples um, they have saint vincent de paul conferences um, um, within the church and these people help and um, and if they're working outside of the church so like I don't know if you're Catholic or not but if you wanted to volunteer definitely can get you in and working in our thrift store or our food pantry or our Meals on Wheels program delivering you know to uh, homebound seniors um, so we're very welcoming um, and um, so volunteers regardless the training comes in to be a Vincentian. Mm-hmm. So being a Vincentian is following in the our patron saint, St. Vincent, he, he really just got 
dirty with the poor, right? He he just worked where they were and was very creative in how he worked with um, the rich women of society in Paris to go out and get him the money he needed to build hospitals and get food and really help these folks. Um, so um, Vincentians, you know, we take a training program and following basically in in his footsteps, I mean, the society was founded in 1833, I think is the year, by a gentleman called Frederick Osman. Um, and he was challenged by local reporters at that time, and this is also in France, what basically was saying, so what is the Catholic Church doing for the poor? Can you tell me anything that they really do to help the poor? And um, um, uh, Frederick, being a devout Catholic, really took this personally mm. um, and he had to agree he was like I don't know what I can point to other than we know that it's our service to help what, what are we doing um, and from that he created the Society of St. Vincent de Paul in honor of St. Vincent and the way that he went into um, these these barrios or neighborhoods of Paris and helped the poor folks so I'm getting a little long-winded but so we kind of you know study that and understand what our background is, and only Vincentians really go out into the homes of people and provide this financial counseling. Or um, when you said, do we have, you know, we're trained to do this or whatever. Well, a little, but we as Vincentians go and just work with folks and, and come up with different um, plans or alternatives. And a lot of the times it's really just about people needing someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, many times they know the answers, um, and it's just flushing it out with someone else to really, I guess, bring it home or whatever to get them motivated to move forward. Um, or, you know, again, just having different sets of eyes looking at the same problem and maybe offering alternative uh, suggestions on how to figure that out mm -hmm. and, and move forward. Um, and that's the Vincentian aspect. And I think on the volunteer side is where, and what I represent as the council that covers all of Collier County is in the creation of our Meals on Wheels program, our um, food pantry, um, the aid we provide to the homeless. And um, you know, we, we also run thrift stores here, one in Naples and two in Benita Springs. And um, you yeah, went to one the other day, actually. I think I bought a few things. There you go. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so you supported the poor, but um, a bunch of hats. There I you go. <laughs> the best place to shop. And um, so here, yes, yeah, so we can oh, and help folks in starting their lives out with furniture, with clothing, uh, people needing to go on interviews or whatever we're going to. Um, you know, set them out to oh, the so job you help market. Them with job seeking too. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so uh, on the council level, we provide various. Um, I, I mean, I want, I want to call them programs, but yeah, it's just various things that we can offer folks. Mm. Um, and as we like to say, no, no, no neighbors ever left behind. So um, if something comes to us that's really not within our normal, we will figure out something. Um, whether it's either a recommendation or whatever, but we're gonna we're gonna help the neighbor, mm. and we're gonna do our best to, again, um, live the society's uh, vision. And at what what point do you? Obviously, the goal is for them not to need your help anymore. Where do you have like an idea of when that point is? Is it like um, 
is okay they can afford their apartment they've got a house now they're able to pro- provide food great and that's basically when it's like, all right, great, you're not not on your own, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you're capable. You're well, back on your feet. Yeah, you know? this is so. Really, that the, um, our um, our interaction with the neighbor is very limited. So we don't we don't create a long term relationship in that we're following through. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have the interaction. We provide the necessary support to to solve that immediate problem, um, and then. In there, we'll come up with a plan that should be followed, um, and we have a recognition that this person is going to be able to moving forward sustain themselves. Um, and then we pretty much I won't bow out, or um, you know, we we leave the neighbor to on their own, um, or no, to do what they need to do. Um, of course, many of our neighbors are repeat clients. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see them again, so um, you know, challenges do arise. Um, and people do need help. Um, so we're there to try to support that. Um, so if that answers your question mm-hmm. of what yeah. we're, we're trying to do. Yeah, so the goal really is to get them self-sufficient, not reliant. Not exactly, Yeah. exactly. We're not, um, we're not just handing out. So in, uh, I guess an important point is on the financial aspect. We are giving money, right? Mm. But we're not giving it directly to the neighbor. So the money goes to whether it be the landlord to make sure that the rent was paid and they're gonna be able to move forward. Or for a utility bill, that's a problem. Medical expenses, et cetera. So it's going towards something. We know what that problem is that causes them to be in this situation. And then we address that cause or that problem. Um, and then hopefully that enables them to move forward. Mm. Yeah. So and I the think- assisted living is like you're helping them wherever they live. I, for some reason I envisioned like you had a facility of like apartments that helped no. people out. Okay. No, unfortunately, no, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we, you know, we go to where they live. We do have a family center and people are able to come in and that's what, where we house our food pantry and we uh, run the operation for the Meals on Wheels program. Um, but no, we're, we know we're, we go directly where they live. Gotcha. And how, so how does someone come about approaching you guys? Um, what would what would you what do you see is like their tipping point when they're like you know what because i i know i'm like one of those egotistical people where i'm like no i'll figure it out myself well that's it that's most Uh, people yeah um i mean granted i'm i'm one a lucky person who has a great safety net i don't like having the safety Mm -hmm. net though i want to get out of that as quick as possible um but i'd love to know at what point do you tend to see people you know what, I need to put up that white flag and just reach out to someone who I have no idea who they are and ask for help. Yeah, I mean, it comes in all different forms. So uh, either people know about St. Vincent de Paul, so if we're helping folks within this particular housing complex, whatever word gets out, you know, that St. Vincent de Paul, they've helped me, they might be able to help you, so that's a way maybe to communicate. Obviously, through our parishes, um, we're working within the zip codes of those churches. Um, so people have a way of finding us um, through the outreach we do on a parish level. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to collaborate with as many other organizations or um, other denominations of faith, whatever, knowing that we have 
resources to help folks and so that this is a way to come to us. Um, we definitely want to market and we want people to know that we exist and are available to just to your point then rather than just suffering and waiting too long mm. because it's 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 definitely too late when somebody has an eviction notice on their door mm. versus to say, let me just suck it up and let me talk to some people before I get to that point to yeah. see if the, what I can do, how I can work out the situation. Uh, so we really want uh, people to find us sooner than later, right? Mm. Um, and open to um, you know everyone suggesting and, and having people come to us. It will be a lot of times you'll have friends and family that will refer the people because they're not able to help anymore or whatever, and they know that there might be another way, so they would find us. Um, and I think us reaching out where we met in a business forum is really uh, trying to talk more aggressively with the entire business community to say, hey, listen, um, a lot of these folks are your employees, mm. their family members, could be your family members, um, and we just need to work together so that even that you can educate and we can work constructively that they have a place to come um, to get that help so that they can get to work the next day or whatever and and and, and so that would be another great um, resource for us to be engaged with a lot of the business community to know that we are a, a support structure and start sending people our way so that yeah. we can help and definitely the understanding of how it works because I know that unfortunately along the lines a lot of charities have been have tarnished the rest of their names um, in terms of like, you know, people can be quite skeptical about where their money's really going. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that you guys help give the path and then it's relying on the person to achieve it, but then there's still that safety net to come back. Um, so with this area in particular, did you see an influx in people in need post or during slash post COVID and the boom of real estate, or has it been a steady growth? Um, I think during uh, the pandemic, actually, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, um, the isolation part of the pandemic, and I know we were a little bit, um, say, better than other places. Mm. So like Meals on Wheels, those programs needed to be out there, and they were um, important, not only for the food and the nourishment, but just that human contact. Yes, yeah. Um, that these folks, they were, they're shut in anyway, and if we would have taken that away, oh my goodness, no contact with outside life at all. Um, but people had, I think on the financial side, people had money in that the government was providing a lot of checks. So um, on that financial aspect, we slowed down a little bit. But now it's just picking up again big time mm. because um, uh, landlords are able to set evictions and yeah. and and they are establishing these um, different price structure, let's say, and so people are having a hard time. Um, and, and I thought one of the most interesting statistics from the latest census that was done for Collier County, I guess that the federal government did, and, it, and as it relates to us here in Collier County, is that we have uh, our poverty level is at the time of the census was I think at 10.2%. And I think it's actually even lower right now, which is good. I mean, it, it, it's good numbers. Uh, uh, people are working, our unemployment is one of the mm -hmm. lowest in the country. Um, so that's good. However, 
um, one in four people are just at one financial situation away from getting on that poverty line or mm. below it. And so 25%. And it, it's, a, it's a lot. It's uh, yeah. like 92,000 additional people every day are waking up and saying, well, you know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Who knows? Something happens today. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Um, and to, to your point before is to getting the pride factor is to getting people to admit that they, you know, so when that financial situation happens or what, am I, what do I do about this? Are there other options that I have to just, you know, proact to something that I know is teetering? Um, and so that's hopefully where we're seeing more people and we're going to try to help more people. Mm. With the, so the statistic of the poverty, you might be able to educate me on this. I've always, be, my understanding of it has been that it's, that's just based on people that are applying for welfare. No. But it doesn't actually show the homeless that have completely not, you know, even applying for it. Is how do they figure out the uh, poverty? I, th- the, I think the um, the census is based on a they create a national poverty level. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever it's a dollar amount. So let's say for just I don't know the exact amount, but say it's sixteen thousand dollars. So a family or an individual would need to represent that they're able to sustain that or above. Mm. Um, and if you're not making above that, you have to consider so yourself the below the poverty line. line. Well, but um, in order to get like grants and um, uh, or funding, um, because that's so low. That is it. Like, uh, so you would have to be, <laughs> a lot of times it's two times the poverty line or yeah. two and a half times. So, you know, but one of the interesting things is that to live here in Naples, so just to really function based on, I guess, our economy, you really need to be making $25 an hour, about $53,000 a year, right? Which a couple of years ago, 53, okay, mm. it's okay. Which is but still now, wild, because I don't know, maybe it's my, how I've been brought up. I'm like, I hear that number, I'm like, it's still so low. You know, like, the business, for my wow. business, I think I'm already over that line just, but I'm reinvesting like 50% of that, so I'm, yeah. you know, teetering on it. But, and I've I've got help. You know, so to, to hear a family, I think the average American family, and I know this is across 50 states with 50 different costs of living, um, to hear that the average household is like, I think it's 48 to $56,000, which I, I think it's the same, same same in Australia when you factor in conversion. I, I don't know. I hear that and I'm like, how okay. is that even possible? And if they're living here in Naples, they're... Mm-hmm. They're somewhat, you know, just at that poverty. Yeah, considered. I think as I factor in like health insurance and all these sort of things that I think should be included in my lifestyle and paid for. That when I hear, oh, how can you afford health insurance and then food and then in re- real right. estate and that's also I think that's fifty three thousand before tax, which yeah. when you hear when well, you think after tax, you, oh, exactly. It, it fascinates me that people survive off that. And that, and again, I do not want to suggest that any numbers I'm throwing out there, whatever is um, the professionals or mm. we'll let them. I'm going off Google. Exactly. <laughs> we let them. Believe that uh, as much as you want. <laughs> but, um, but we know it's a problem mm. and you can just see it. And again, when you listen to business leaders telling you in uh, meeting after meeting that they can't even get people to come in the door for 22 $23 an hour when the 
current minimum wage here in Florida is still about nine fifty, mm. or and then by I think two thousand twenty four will be at to fifteen dollars. So when you're saying you're paying, and that you would think that that's a glorious thing. This is mm. great. You know, um, we're able to pay people comp- competition, whatever. Um, but still, that kind of money is not. Yeah. Um, people can't still can't figure it out. Is that because? Like I, I think I would have to look I think stuff like franchises, for example, let's look at something that's nationwide. They look at, oh, we're offering twenty three when we don't have to, but they're not looking at the area. So for example, if you open somewhere in Benita Benita Springs, near yeah. the beach, those people that are gonna work there are not gonna live there. Yeah. So you need to attract someone who's prepared to drive Right now, a good way. Florida, a minimum of 45 minutes to and from work, then there's another. I I think they might not be considering those factors. Because I know when I first moved here in Sydney, if you told me something was 20 minutes away, like my wife used to ask me to go to, she went, hey, for lunch, can we go to this place? I'm like, that's 23 minutes away. No chance. I don't have time for that. And now I get here and it's just like, that place is 23 minutes away. That's close. That's great. (laughs) Um, Which again, that's why I created the podcast because I I was thinking all these face-to-faces, there's a lot of time involved in that that I'd love to just, you know what, I'm going to just document my face-to-faces and if people want to listen in and meet people without having to go meet Meet them them. and then pre-qualify, I'll just do that because the travel time in Southwest Florida is wild. You know, I'm going to Fort Myers in a few days, and I'm like, that's so far away. Yeah, this is funny. That was a weekend away for me, if I can see. I'm, I'm from New York originally. And oh, really? I mean, you know, an hour and a half commuters. What the, what's that? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned that when I went to L.A. for the first time. It was, you know, 45 minutes. I was like, man, that's close. That's exactly. very close. Exactly. Now, yeah, I think that's just America. Everything <laughs> seems to be so far away that if you – I mean, I've started... Well, it's actually only like 20 miles, but it takes you an hour and a half to well, get that's there. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like New York's like that, you know, T- two miles is half an hour away. But here even it's it's three corners. You know, I, I'm surprised there's not more accidents because every road here is a speedway, you know? <laughs> like I look at the map and from a zoom out, it doesn't look far. I just go, oh, okay. So I turn left on the um, 41 and then I go on the 75 or whatever and, you know, two corners on there. Oh, that's forty minute yeah. drive. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I think that's probably something I'd have to factor in because now I even pay my hairdresser to come to my house because I did the math in my head. I'm like, it's a half an hour drive. I get there, I have to wait. Like even if you're there on time as well, I was just finishing up with the person before. Cut your hair, half an hour drive back, right. um, plus prices of gas. So it was ten dollars extra for her to come to my house, and she. It was that quick that I thought she, she hadn't cut my hair because it was in my house, cut the hair yeah, out, no. 15 minutes. And it was $10 extra. Gas was probably six bucks anyway. So I'm like, I only paid $4 for an extra hour and a half right. of my life. And I mean, I still tip her, but it was just this thing of, it started making me in this area to, I'm outsourcing as much as I can because it's like time is most valuable that if I can use that extra hour and a half to find the client, I'll have to invest that little bit extra to buy that hour and a half of my life. And I think you bring up a great point just in more general terms is that we're all dealing with, we're dealing with life so differently, so quickly, right? Mm. 
than I'd say pre-pandemic to post it. And we're thinking things, um, and I think that has a, a big effect on everything. And you know, because even you know, we were just talking about the how much you know the hourly rages or whatever. But and but look at the uh, the employer. I mean, their costs have gone up mm. tremendously. Um, so they're affected by higher rents as well and lack of uh, staff. And, um, you know, you hear people say, yeah, business is booming. It's great, but I don't have the people to handle it. So yeah. I can't, I don't see that revenue because I can't do it. So, mm-hmm. and everything else has gone up. So in fact, you know what? Pre-pandemic was so much better. Um, so I think there's so many different dynamics going on that people just don't, we don't really have our head around. Mm-hmm. And that's causing... A lot of, yeah, um, until we figure it out, um, there's a lot of, st- I think there's stress. Yeah. And that's why um, folks like us are definitely important parts of the community and, you know, that our messaging has to be, you know, so we're, we're here to try to help. Mm. Right? Yeah, because, so when you're helping people, is it like brick and mortar jobs seem to be the best ones for these particular people? Or um, do you get people that actually different question do you get people i suffer from this at times but i'm battling to push up they think because they have this amount of qualifications they don't want to take a temporary step back for a lesser job sure because they want to hunt for something else sure i know i suffer from that i've been told a couple times just get a job i'm like no i can't do that (laughs) um has that have you do you get people coming in for you that you've noticed that battle within themselves as well sure absolutely mm-hmm. um and then 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 that's where the the dialogue and the discussion at least to go is to try to talk to them about the benefits of if you know you you know so, what is the phrase uh, anyway it's to know the benefit of just something that can be guaranteed just take advantage yeah. of that because usually what i found and you know, from personal experience whatever you get in an entry, something is always develops later on. So mm. if, uh, you know, so there's usually always opportunity. Um, so that could be, um, you know, something you can suggest um, to folks. You got to step it down. But, you know, mm. very short term, you probably can get to a level you were at or whatnot. Because well, as long as you're talented and yeah. you have skills and you show that in the workplace, um, you know, people tend to recognize and don't want that to go away. Yeah, and you can build leverage. I said this in another podcast where, you know, we're always being, this generation is being accused of, oh, they're not loyal. They jump from job to job. We're in a weird time where you could just go into a job, build enough of uh, equity to pay the bill, just break even with that job for a few months, but simultaneously be leveraging it somehow so that if this job doesn't want to give you a pay rise, there'll be another company going, hey, you're really good. We'll give you instead of uh, sixty grand a year, we'll give you eighty grand a year, and you just got twenty thousand dollars pay rise like that. And that's the cool thing about the internet is, yeah. there's a lot more vultures out there now. I was trying to like you know poach constantly that I think there is, even in the hard times now, there's op- other opportunities that didn't exist before, before the internet. Absolutely, and 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 that's a, it's an excellent point because there are there is a lot of opportunity out there, and it is just people. Um, sometimes just getting off your butt and just you have to figure it out right nothing's going to come to you easier at least in most cases and i think that's the push that people don't 
I don't, I don't know how to. I just was, I was talking with my daughter last night, and she lives in California, and um, and she was talking. Oh, you know, I'm getting so tired of my friends. You know, they're just so lazy, and they have no ambition, and it's like. And here I am, I'm hustling, working hard, and, and they just seem to think that it's okay to not, and so this recognition that you have to work for it, right? So yeah. it just doesn't come to you, in the, and you can't just sit back and wait and wait and hope. Mm. No, it just doesn't work that way. So to your point, if there's something available, it's probably better to take that um, and then see where that goes. Um, and then I don't... Is it a bad thing that somebody is that talented that they can work somewhere else and somebody else is going to offer them 20000 more? Mm. I don't know that that's a bad thing. And if that's what the uh, work environment is, then I guess we have to work with that. And so there my suggestion would be to folks is, well, can you take advantage of that? So. Um, you know, maybe you need to, rather than being comfortable in the place that you're in, it's time to look out to see yeah. if you're valuable, um, out there in the environment. And then obviously, um, you know, if you, people don't want to lose people, they're going to come back to you and say, well, I don't want you to go. So I'm going to give you 30 <laughs> yeah. or what do I got to do to make you stay? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I think I'm a capitalist, right? So I think all this really works well if you leave it up to uh, the folks. But I, I think um, we have so many other dynamics that go on and kind of interfere. Uh, people are confused, mm. right? So, and you just don't know what the right rules are. Um, and it's a lot about just educating or uh, suggesting that there is, you know, a different way. Yeah. Just make sure pull that right at it. Have a point right at you. Okay, there you go. It'll feel very awkward at first. Okay. You feel like you're at a recital. Okay. <laughs> See, it sounds so much better. Yeah, now. there I am. Um, yeah, you got a great voice, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it's a big ego hit for sure. The, um, again, knowing what you're, it's not even knowing what you're worth. It's knowing what you think you're worth sometimes. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk has a great quote. Uh, he said once where this was not, it was more about going to an event. And this person's like, ugh, that event, it only has these type of people. He's like, well, your time's worth nothing right now. So sure. go to that event and meet people to make it worth something. Or that job's below me. It's, well, you kind of, you're earning nothing right now do that job, make some connections, build your value. Um, but that's a big ego hit you have to take to yourself. Yeah. Big time. Um, so, yeah, it's um, – have you noticed any – have people – is it hard to get people past that line? Have you experienced getting them – To – I'm sorry. To, to sort of take that initial short-term, what they perceive as a hit, even though it's probably not a hit, it's probably a step forward – or a step um, back to go forward. Yeah, I. I mean, we we mainly work with a different. So we're there. It's low income or minimum mm. wage, and we're trying to you know do the step up, right? So okay. we're trying to really work with them to step up. But the folks that where we have that they're out of work and they're struggling, and that's where we we find that the reason maybe it's taking longer is because they're not willing to consider that backward step again and it is you know having that discussion i think once you can present on paper with them 
the value of taking that job, whether it's if it's an individual or for the family, mm. um, that this is really important for the well-being, um, you get a little bit more buy-in, right? And, um, and when we have, I would say, cases um, like that, um, there's lots of resources here within Collier County as well that you can point people to to just also help them to make that decision. And maybe that the understanding that it can be short term and these are the other steps they can take to get to a point where they feel. I think um, you were saying uh, before it was you were egotistical. Mm-hmm. I think it's more dignity is probably a better word, right? Everybody has this mm-hmm. sense of, you know, to be dignified that what is their dignity? What is their wealth, whether it be through their education, all the effort that they have put into life, right? You get to a certain point and it's very difficult to to want to step down, I think. Um, I don't know. I just think egotistical sounds like a, yeah. not such a, <laughs> a nice thing, but it's natural. It's just, it's, you mm. know, um, it's actually probably important. Ego is an important thing for everybody. Yeah. Well, we we, I think people think of ego and they think of the egotistical You're part. Right. Ego is just our belief. And that's, that's how I view it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's not a bad thing. I just, again, if people can talk it through, um, and, um, recognize that you know certain things are not really that bad or it's mm-hmm. not then yeah it helps so i would hope that we have a lot of success when we talk to folks like that because we definitely realize that a job any job is better than no job. not having a job yeah and i and so to this notion today that well even if i you know if i take a job at 15 dollars an hour but really it doesn't pay for everything but it pays for something Mm. And, and it just gives you at least a basis point. And I think just working in itself is of such great value. It's just mm. so important to one's, again, ego or to one's uh, well-being, self-worth, yeah. absolutely. And I don't, and for me, any type of job, it doesn't matter. If you're working, you're valuable, man. Mm. And you should be proud of yourself. And, and then you just, you know, uh, if, if that's not exactly what you want to do, well, then you try to figure out long-term. But you definitely need to do something. Yeah. And so with the people that you're helping in Collier County, um, they're, the jobs that they're looking for right now, are they, I mean, are they looking typically at like franchises, food, yep. restaurants? Correct. And from what you're seeing is that what are the hurdles that they're getting? Because um, people are saying that they, they can't hire anyone, um, which it's weird. I was saying this to someone on the flight here. It's strange that, you can't buy a house anywhere without it being sold within five days. Right. But you can't find a business that isn't, fi- isn't searching for, for people. people. There's a weird thing happening where it's, it's, it seems like everyone has money to buy houses, but no one has the time to work. Right. <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre. Um, or they're working from home. So isn't this yeah. the phenomenon here in Collier County that people have recognized that, yeah, now we can, everyone can work from home. Working mm. from home is a great thing. Uh, so why not move down to someplace beautiful, comfortable? Yeah. Um, well, I just hired someone from Miami. I've never yeah. even physically met her, but she does the clips for this video, this podcast, and I just go here, boom, send it. Because I just fired a guy from Atlanta, <laughs> who I never met right. either. So it's... Um, yeah. So, yeah. And that's why, that's why, like, I go back to the, the dynamics are just changing. And so this full understanding of exactly what's happening and how mm. it's all happening, um, I guess, still has to be digested. Um, but for us, at the end of the day, there's still people 
um, knocking on our door, ringing our bells because they're in trouble mm -hmm. and they don't have a clue on really how to figure it out. Yeah. And so I think to your question, you know, we're, we're seeing people and again, we're always going to recommend working and we have great now ability for people to find good work. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then we can address the immediate problem. So if it is that they can't pay the rent anymore, so they're being uh, evicted and the rents now are too high, well, then that's really the problem. And so how do we address that with them um, and try to fix it? And like you said, in many cases, you know, you recommend that maybe Collier County is not the best place. You need mm. to uh, um, look to Lee County, but I don't even know that Lee County is any different. Apparently, Lee County. When is we the keep moving growing. them, I know we move. <laughs> we keep moving them further and further away. So it's a dynamic, yeah. or it's um, it, it, what are we trying to start to tell people that if you have kids and they're of an age, maybe they need to start. They need to get a part time job too yeah. for the the time being to help um, the family situation. And I don't know that things like this kind of conversation is that talked about anywhere mm. um i mean we're worried about that we just want to sit we can't make enough money i'll just sit home it's easier and i'll just yeah. uh, collect whatever um, i think everyone likes to blame the the payments from the government but there's a lot more money now on the internet which i mean don't get me started it's obviously my whole thing is based in that but it's also more made up right you know what i mean like i again i hired a girl from miami i send her some digital made up stuff which is why i laugh about when people laugh at crypto it doesn't make sense i'm like i just sent a make-believe thing just because it was through a bank who's like this is legitimate we believe that um it's it's all going virtual but we're again like the housing the problem with the erosion of the bottom brick and mortar it's harder to make money there for some reason um, that I th it feels like those brick and mortar places are going to struggle too because there's all this digital thing happening. Yeah. And uh, with the people working, I lost where I was going with that. Yeah. I had a point, but I'd lost right, it. So there you go. That happens all the time. <laughs> and you're too young for that, actually. It happens at times. I'm too hydrated. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're just hanging out with too many older people here. In maybe. Chicago. That could yeah. be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my walker later. Um, but yeah, no. So the, the hiring, um, it was something to do with work. Yeah, it'll come back to me eventually. Well, but Oh, single families. That was the question. So with single families... Because I was thinking the whole time, just I was just thinking families, but then single parent families. Yeah. Um, there's Huge. a lot that goes into that, which is, I mean, not only do they have to work, pay for the bills, and then somehow juggle the kids', kids. lives. Well, that's a huge issue. How does how do you end up helping with those scenarios? Because I mean, now not only do they have to make ends meet for the bills, they need to also make ends meet for the people who are going to look after their kids, which is a whole other. Stress. Stress. Mm. Um, I don't know that I have an answer to that question other than the same as just, you know, to that scenario, single parents, especially women. So women tend to be mostly the single parent. Um, and for whatever reason, whether it's um, the husband or a significant other has abandoned them or so there's usually child support is usually not it. Mm. existing or given um never mind you know an alimony or whatever um 
What's the difference between alimony and child support? Well, alimony is just a stipend that a that's a, a, uh, that a husband pays to the wife, mm-hmm. right? Or it could be the other way around, the wife, because of the earning potential that they both had together collectively, mm. and to balance that out so that people's lives are kind of equal. And then, obviously, child support is just the basic needs in order to raise those kids. Okay. Um, so but anyway, so now we same. went into a uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I've always a, a discussion on. Uh, <laughs> I've never known those different. I never knew there was yeah. a difference. I thought alimony was just looking and, after the And again, the wife I have no kids. expertise, so anything <laughs> I say just uh, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, but so they're in that position, and um, and you know, we had the one case, and I think it was the case that I brought up with you that always makes me emotional. Is you know, a young woman and a very talented, smart woman worked in a bank, and um, but because of um, her husband leaving her and leaving her with a disabled child and a small child, um, she really struggled to try to figure out how she can work and, mm. and whatever. She couldn't do it, so she used up all her savings. Um, and um, yeah, and she was just in distress, right? So it's a beautiful story at the end, and it's one that I say that I truly believe um, that the Holy Spirit was with us on that call and with this mother. And um, because when we came in and provided, um, so we were able to help her with her rent for the month and some utilities, and we worked on a plan of what she was going to try to do in finding employment moving forward so that she can, you know, still stay home with the the children. Mm. And um, when she went down to talk to the, the, the landlord, whatever, uh, the, the building complex that, you know, we were going to help and this was her portion of the rent, etc. They were like, well, what's going on with you? You know, we, and she told her story and they found a job for her. And mm. she was able to work within that same complex, able to put the daughter and the son on the bus, get them to school and, um, and then come back, and it just worked out beautifully, right? Mm, beautiful. So I, I use that as an example because um, usually this oh somehow there's a solution out there, right? Yeah. You might not see it; uh, it's not visible, but usually there's some way to make it work, right? And uh, and that's what we got to try to do to yeah. work with people. That's the truth. It's and like sometimes the resources. finding that one person, isn't it? It's just finding that one person that kickstarts everything. And just uh, keep, moves it forward, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking when you were talking about um, kids working, like I started working when I was 14 and a half. Same here. Um, but I was putting myself in, I think I got driven sometimes, but I also just got the train because um, I could. And again, my my family's well off back, in, back home, but... There was something about Sydney. I was catching trains to school at the age of twelve. You know, like yeah. there's some here. It's like you tell people that, and like, <gasps> what do you mean? Whereas I did too. Yeah, I, I, I blame the urgency of sorry the available urgency of communication. Now, I'd go to school at twelve. Phones didn't really come in till I was fifteen, but I watched my anxiety, my mom go up <laughs> as an exponential curve because when I was twelve. I'd leave at seven o'clock in the morning. She wouldn't even know if I was dead. It like, you know, cause I'd, it's his 12 year old by 7am, go to school, two trains and a bus to get to school, go to school, come back, bus, two trains, walk home. I'd get home at 4.30. 
So I've, I've been gone for, what, nine and a half hours? If I'm half an hour late because I missed the train, she went, oh, did you miss the train? Yeah, I did. As soon as I had my phone, it was anxiety through the roof because if I missed my train and didn't text her about it, she'd be freaking out. But I never did that before the phone. And you'd have to find a, a phone booth. Do you remember phone booths? Yeah, I do remember them. They were great. You did one eight hundred reverse was our thing back there to so you could reverse charge, um, or you could do like star sixty nine hash or something, and you could find out who called you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. later on. <laughs> that was high tech. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's something that's happened lately where we expect the kids to tell us everywhere we're going, well, everywhere they're going. Um, and I've, I think there's been this huge thing where now I feel like there's some opportunities being stifled for kids. And this is like a tangent of a, of a conversation. Yeah. But um, the thought of getting, like putting your child to work at 15, they can't drive yet. So, hey, just get this bus and go to this place. Now, yeah. like that's unheard of because yeah. the, the place is so dangerous. The world is dangerous. Right. I don't think we don't any, trust anybody It isn't any more dangerous. Yeah. Either. Well, we see a lot more. Because we see a lot more. Could you imagine a, a news story? Hey, guys, 99.999% of the children arrive safe at school. No one's going to click on that versus this one child went missing in the whole... That happened before, just didn't make the news. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how old... This is another thing. How young can kids work in florida do you know i'm not sure i think like 16 17 really that old yeah ours is 14 and nine months uh, well again i don't i don't i don't even know that rule um but back when i was a kid 14 was but you had to get a work permit right so you'd have to get these permits and then you can work at a younger age and whatever but i believe like 16 17 is probably an age where Mm. you know people can go out and, and expect to get a job isn't it funny when you think back at that i was 14 telling people in their 50s or 60s, what shoes they should buy. Yeah. Could you imagine a 14-year-old telling you, like, hey, sir, this this is really good for your arch. <laughs> like, what? And you sold them. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I was getting paid $6 an hour. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's funny just so how funny. We, we, we go, go and work, but then it's like, ah, oh, I can't take you seriously. It's like, but you want me to work? <laughs> exactly. And, like, flipping burgers. I think that's what's amazing about franchises, if they've figured out how to create a whole business where 90% of the staff well, are 15 year olds. Well that but that's the way it was these these jobs at these lower um, wages were entry jobs or yeah. they were for retired folks right that just need to supplement income and it worked really well so kids you, I mean to work I worked in Arthur Treacher's fish and chips probably never heard of it but it was a, I was a fry cook and um, you know just a I mean, I think back then it was like two twenty-five an hour or something mm. ridiculous, um, and horrible job. I stunk to high heaven. I f- grease and fish and whatever. But the things you learn, um, even at that young age, you know, in, in w- what it takes to run a business because you're still involved in everything, right? Mm. You're doing the tasks, but you're. Um, and I and today, to a kid to work in McDonald's, it's like a, like you said, the, no way, I'm not doing that. I yeah. mean, I'm going to college or whatever. I'm not working in McDonald's. So um, there is there is a change, but the reality is is that those jobs are available today, and they're paying a certain level, even more now, and that will help you pay some bills. Yeah. And um, is that really a bad thing for a child, whether, you know, it be someone 16, 17, or 
a college kid whose home still is it really that bad in order to support the family and make sure that you can sustain yourself Mm -hmm. until you guys collectively can figure out you know what you need to do moving forward it could build a good team mentality for a child very young too absolutely i mean i worked for myself made the money spent the money on dumb stuff didn't really teach me much but it'd be interesting uh to see because you know, you hear about well, you you just said it. You spent it on dumb stuff. You knew what that is. So, uh-huh. whereas coming out, you hear about everyone like that is successful. Ninety percent of them have come from crazy adversity. That I'd wonder about if your kid was to go and work and then contribute to the family's income, they developed more of a communal mindset instead of a individual mindset, which um, could be beneficial long term. No, I. So there's other things. I mean, that's stuff that most people don't really want to think about. <laughs> right. And, but, but also, I th- uh, you talk about culturally, et cetera. I mean, uh, families took care of families, mm. say, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and, and we see that now that that's just not, mm. it's just not the same thing. So there are people who are very lonely and they do have children in other parts of the state or whatever, and they can't rely on them or can't count on them for any kind of support. Um, so I don't, you know, mm. well, it's cause everyone moves out now. I, when I was speaking to John, um, McKillicuddy, he's, his family is like 50 people and he, they all live within, I think Sarasota to here, which it's so bizarrely rare in America. Yes. Like in Australia, for someone to move into state is kind of unusual. Like my sister's thinking of doing it poor parents both they have two kids one moves to the other side of the world one moves to a different state uh and a different state is far in australia sure but here it just seems extremely normal it's to be all right i've got one kid living in this state one kid living in that state um because of i guess yeah you can't i mean if you if you grow up in naples area very few kids are going to stay there they're like well no i want to go to this area where it's younger or it's, you know, my dream is to be a comedian, so I'm going to go to New York. Right. There's a lot more opportunities to move places. Yeah, and, and again, it was as I say from my parents um, that, you know, that was the goal, right, that you worked hard and you, you gave them education, whatever, so that they can take their wings and they can fly and, and do what they want to do, right? Mm. So that's what's happening. And, you know, I definitely have developed that even further with my kids or whatever. Um, but what is the consequence of that? Mm. And there is, I mean, um, I won't admit this to my parents because uh, I moved out and whatever, but I don't like that my children are across the country from yeah. me, whatever. My son's in Atlanta. But, um yeah, it would be better if they were close by. And mm. I think it's uh, um, it's a comfort thing. And again, and just relating it to what's going on with what we see here in the community is that people are alone. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have family. It's just mm. that they're not close by and or um, engaged to want to see that their their elder is being taken care of or mm. you know doing well. And I and, I, and that's a really sad thing f- to see. Yeah, I wonder if it's the internet's doing as well because we can easily do touch points that the thing of moving isn't that crazy. You know, like I, again, me moving over here, it's social media has been great for me because I have touch points with all my friends all the time. Right. 
basically on a daily basis and it doesn't have to be something crazy like a big conversation it's just they'll post something i'll comment on it or yeah i can't believe this or haha just a little touch point daily with friends other side of the world um that i wonder if that allows people to justify the move as well like oh we'll still chat yeah uh i mean engagement's good um and if they are engaged but i mean uh, just taking it that you you have a parent right who's in trouble um i don't know i think certain cultures would say i don't care where you are you're going to get your butt and you're going to get to your mother or your father Mm. and you're going to figure out how you're going to take care of them and if it means that you're going to put them on a plane and they're coming back with you um i mean it seemed that was a given Mm. um or you that was an expectation um but now no it's uh um, we have created or we are a society of me mm. and it's what's good for me and how is it going to affect me? Um, and yeah, that's good. But um, I think um, we also need to be thinking about others. And so never mind um, uh, our neighbors or strangers, um, but even our own family. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's tricky because I think your family is also the ones that you argue with the most too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that love love hate relationship. relationship. Yeah, um, but that's good. no, that's cool. The so when people are trying to reach out to you, um, is there like a process? Do you help just anyone that comes into the doors, or is it like pretty much? Yeah? I mean, we have an we call it an intake process. So people will come in, and uh, there's certain questions we ask. Um, and depending on what the need is, they get referred um, probably to a different location. Mm-hmm. So if people are just really coming in for food um, or uh, on the homeless and they're just looking for um, whether it be a bicycle or they need um, just a fresher kit, you know, they just really need to whatever. So that would be handled immediately in the uh, family center. Um, if it's financial um, need, then that gets uh, parlayed out to the various conferences, depending on zip code, where the person happens to be living, et cetera. Um, and then they are um, interviewed by um, the Vincentians mm-hmm. that go in in Paris. Um, and again, we pretty much don't leave any neighbor behind. So you might not get everything that you think you need or want, but we're definitely going to be providing mm-hmm. some kind of a support for you. Yeah. That's cool. And with people donating stuff to you, mm-hmm. um, I've got two questions. One, uh, basically they just drop it off to you, correct? And it's just yeah. you guys siphon through it? and Correct. So we have uh, one of the great ways for both donation and supporting helping people in need is through furniture. Mm-hmm. So St. Vincent de Paul will pick the furniture up. So we have trucks, et cetera, that will come. And you can just call us and uh, we'll come and we'll take the stuff from you and, and bring it in. It either gets sold or it gets used um, for poor families or people mm-hmm. in need, right? Um, as far as clothing and um, household items, anything manageable, then, yeah, you would just drop it off at one of our thrift stores or even our family center. We, we will take it and we'll just take it from you and bless you for thinking of others. And mm. and so the second question, you don't have to answer it. Uh, what's the weirdest thing you've ever been, to, like someone's left in the bin for you? <sighs> Yeah, we won't answer that. 
um, yeah, we hope that uh, you know people understand that this stuff. Uh, you know, we're accepting the donations because we either need to resell it mm. or to give it to somebody else to be able to use, right? Um, so just be mindful of that when you're leaving stuff because a lot of people think, oh, it's just great. And, um, you know, so you had dirty clothes, soiled mm. clothes, or soiled clothes. Yeah, you know, just, oh, just whatever they can get rid washing. of. You know, they're just Jeez. saying, you know, just that I have to get rid of stuff here bags of stuff maybe never gone through it for a while and just mm. expecting us to do that kind of stuff um Ugh. but no what we just ask respectfully yeah <laughs> respectfully that you know you understand what this is for <laughs> and it, and and i think it's a great point about our society is that we do have the we have the thrift stores and um we have some paid staff and um administrative costs but we're blessed that the stores can take care of those costs for us. Um, and so when we are out there asking for donations, which I do, and uh, asking for grants, et cetera, that those those monies are going 100% towards the programs that we run. So mm. the physical purchasing of the food or um, the clothing or wh whatever we need to run the program. Um, and I think that's a really great thing about how we um, are able to set ourselves up here in Naples. Yeah. Yeah, when I went to the thrift store in um, Bonita Springs, first of all, Bonita Springs, well-off people. Let's just paint that picture. <laughs> I get in there, everything is so cheap. I'm like, dollar for this, two dollars for that. <sighs> this is my opinion. There was one lady who was just haggling, and I was there going, "Is this is this lady for real?" Like to the point where my wife, we got in the line. There was two people only. This lady and my wife. Oh, and we were there, I was there so long that I took my daughter outside because I'm like, I'm about to yell yeah. at this lady. Because it was something like, it was, I think you guys even had a special, like it was 25% off, but this wasn't included. And this thing was only like 30 bucks. So she's gonna, she's she arguing over $7 for a place where the money goes to people right. helping in Bonita Springs, which is a well-off area. And chances are you're not well-off, you're not doing it tough if you're living in this particular area. It was that long where I was just like, I, I went outside, Sorry. carried, I'm like, I got to stay. So I'm like, I had to leave. She was like, I saw it in your face. Because <laughs> it, was, it was a solid 20 minutes, over $7. I'm like, you probably earned 10 times that in that time for what, you know, That's, from investments. I mean, so I, yeah, my hat goes off to the, the people behind the desk dealing with that stuff. Because yeah. I know if I, this is just, again, this is why I probably don't work yeah. with you guys. I would be like, just leave, just leave. I don't want your money. I'll pay for it myself. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um I don't have much of a comment there. No, but I will and I'll be like, please guys, don't yes. haggle when you go to there. Because <laughs> it's so it, I was astounded at how cheap it was, to be honest, yeah. and how affordable because we got it for a bunch of um we went there to find a bunch of random items, which thrift shopping is great. Great, for that. right. Exactly. It. You're like, someone actually wore this seriously? I'm buying it to wear it like ironically. Uh, you know, there's a whole song by Macklemore, thrift shopping. And um, what is it? So we went there to buy a bunch of hats for some videos we were filming later on where it was like, I would just randomly have a different hat each take. So continuity wise was completely off. And yeah, I got this whole pile. It was like $6 for a bunch of hats. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So yeah, thrift shopping. Yeah, and I, that six dollars helped, uh, you know, two meals on wheels. Mm, so there you go. Wow, two, that's crazy. 
That's really in- that is interesting. I wouldn't have thought it went that far. That's that's real cool. And so no, with the maybe one and a half. Okay, that's still pretty percent, good. Yeah, I don't know. I eat one steak at the moment with inflation. Right. It's thirteen dollars. You know, that's, that's I mean, and, and that's what uh, <laughs> you know. Obviously, um, it takes a lot of money to run the programs. The, mm. the programs. But anything that people can contribute, it does help. It yeah. obviously does help. So yeah, never well, think that that $6 or $10, please just give it. Yeah. And definitely just, I mean, it, it also feels so good to get rid of that stuff. You know, from, from a my side of view standpoint, when we're in West Virginia at my wife's house, she had closets of clothing where I was like, okay, we, you don't need this anymore. It was stuff from years and years and years ago. Right. It was probably four bags that were that were good up to my like here on my on my sternum if I held them upright. Getting rid of them like this lift of not only like okay these are going to go to people that actually need slash want them right but two on a selfish point of view the energy lifting in yeah, my house of right? yeah not having all this stuff even Stace you know because she goes through this emotional thing all the time where she i have to really put the squeeze on going do you really need this no and you can see it's like i f- i feel like i'm telling off my wife like a, a bad child and so we went through this process getting rid of all these things because you get unjustifiably attached to this stuff yeah. like you see it you haven't it's not even logical you haven't even thought about it for two years and you're like oh i really like that Th- then you put it in your closet and you leave it for another or two years for me oh it will fit again one day <laughs> yeah yeah but that's that, gonna happen that feeling of just getting rid of that stuff and even like because i said to her she's like oh but i could sell this on whatever website dollar here dollar there and i go it's not worth your time it's like to to do a dollar here dollar there just give it to someone else that's really gonna and that will help versus the hours required to curate photos put it up mail it all over for that when i just said to her i'm like nah get rid of it i think we got rid of a good over a hundred garments yeah and it was Oh, best feeling. So much room in the house after. <laughs> and again, somebody else is really going to mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you kind of, you've motivated me to go thrift shopping for fun there now. There you go. Yeah. Never it is. It, and then you find great. Mm. Uh, the, our thrift shop, uh, thrift shop at, um, in Benita, the second one is a. Um, is that the one on Benita Beach Road? Road on Benita That's Beach we Road, to. yeah. All right, past 41. And um, what do they call it? The. Um, it's the uh, upper end type of shopping. And mm. it's amazing the stuff they have in oh, that. Uh, some of the pillows? Yeah, I can't, ex- I can't so think of unique. the boutique, the boutique mm. shop. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, a lot of good stuff. We live in a great area. So the stuff that's getting donated, donated is usually great quality. Mm. Um, and it's good value for folks. And during COVID, um, we saw definitely saw an uptick in people visiting because of supply chain and, you know, so the people mm. getting new furniture and whatnot wasn't that easy. Yeah. So people coming in, whether it be temporary or just finding a different solution to get that couch or that uh, chair that they needed or whatever. So, yeah, some of the furniture in there was really interesting. We just didn't have a house to put it in. Right. But it's I can tell you when we move out, I'm going to have to like, I don't know, shackle my wife or something because she's always like, well, get this, get this, get this. And I'm like, okay, great. But I don't know how this is all going to go together in the house because she loves going there. So I'm going to have to control her a little bit. (laughs) Not too much. (laughs) Not too much. Um, But yeah, cool. No, I've really enjoyed this. Yeah. That 
It was already an hour and just almost an hour and 20. Okay. Time flies when you have fun, right? It flies, man. <laughs> uh, so for anyone trying to reach you, what would be the reason they wanted to reach you particular versus reaching out to just St. Vincent de Paul in general, yeah. actually? So I'm the development director for St. Vincent de Paul. So I'm here to steal your, or steal, haha, <laughs> bad word, take your money. <laughs> We're going to take your money and we gladly, uh, you know, for donations. Uh, not being funny now. Um, <laughs> and that's what we're here to do. So please reach out to me. Um, you can just get me at uh, cmonticelli at svdpnaples.org um, or call us, um, do I give my phone number? 239-355-0440. And we can talk about different ways that you can donate. Um and uh, yeah and uh, what about collaborations is there anyone in particular you're looking for that instead of just uh so we've got donation ideas what about people that you could reach out to, that could reach out to you to be like hey i have this subsection of people that could help or people that need help um yeah is there anyone in particular that would come to mind because you said you went to business right i think yeah places? so businesses but yeah i i mean we're we're Collaborating as an example with uh, healthcare network, right? So mm. they offer um, a service. So obviously we're talking and um, um, dealing with neighbors, and then they might have other needs. And so it's great that we have this collaboration um, with healthcare network to provide them some, um, you know, good features for healthcare, especially for childcare. They they do an excellent job, and uh, you know, coming up with the affordability aspect of you know, charging people what they can afford, et cetera, mm. or uh, it being, you know, based on real need, um, you know, complementary. Um, you know, I, I think um, I think faith-based organizations, um, again, to understand that we might, St. Vincent de Paul might suggest a religious or Catholic uh, church aspect, which we're proud of. However, um, we want to work with everybody. So if you have folks that you're not able to manage or they have specific needs you can't, please um, be calling us and talking to us and see how we can help. Um, and I, I think I mentioned that earlier. It's really important that all the um, 501Cs or charities out there that we just understand what the other is doing and work together because the, we're all trying to provide um, beautiful things for the community mm. um, and where we can work with each other. It's always a benefit. Obviously, um, you know, in my line of work, we're all competing for the same donors, the same, you know, the same pool of people to help. Um, and we'll continue to do that, but we also have to work together and just, mm. uh, you know, utilizing the resources and making sure we're helping the neighbors because uh, that, that is ultimately why we do it, right? It's, it's that end result to make sure that people are being taken care of mm. uh, and they're able to function well within society. And that's just a good thing for everybody. Yeah. It's nice that you call them neighbors. Yeah. Um, it's a unique, I haven't heard that before. It's uh it feels a lot more homely and a lot more of a connection. You know, love thy neighbor. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I've caught that a few times you said, I'm like, that's real yeah. nice. No, absolutely, because that's what they are, really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you put labels on people, then it ju it just means something different. Mm. And so, yeah, so I'm glad you, that's how we refer yeah. to our, uh, whatever, they're our neighbors. 
No, it's beautiful. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that that was a lot of fun. All right, well, thank, thank you, you for this. Much. A cheers to the end. Cheers, yes. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure to subscribe and uh, contact Carl whenever you can. All right. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Oh, so you're very good at this. Thank you. <laughs>